Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Hamilcast. I am Jillian. Today I am here with Morgan Marcel. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, thank you so much for coming. Um, OG Hamilton, OG Bandstand, Moulin Rouge, In the Heights First National Tour. You have a documentary about Eliza. I do. You're like a really busy, awesome person. <laughs> um, uh, that or I just like am a Broadway geek and like to do it a lot. Um, yeah, well, yeah. It's so crazy because we like randomly met at a party, not Hamilton related, two Completely weeks ago. Completely not Hamilton related. <laughs> Playing darts, actually. Playing darts, yeah. Uh, you and my husband have the same manager, apparently. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that is, is so, well, I mean, it's interesting material and it's like a behind the scenes look at everything. So it's kind it's of fun. It's kind of cool it's but yeah fun. and then I was excited that you asked me and happy to like drink a gin cocktail while I do this yeah you said but I'm gonna I'm calling it the down for the count because I think we're, this is gonna be yes. a, an Eliza heavy conversation which I'm all for so we have questions from the Patreon peeps I don't want to keep you forever but if you want to stay for a long no time, no whatever I'm go. down <laughs> um so tell the people like your Hamilton story oddly enough like most people ask me if I, you know, about the creation of a step or like in Hamilton workshops that I give, they're like, well, where did the step come from? And blah, blah. And I have a lot of information, but I actually was not at the public. So I was not downtown yeah. um, when they were creating all the steps and they were wor really workshopping the story. I came when they moved uptown to Broadway and there were um, four of us that joined um, two swings and two onstage members. And I joined and the, the show was already done. So I was a swing mm -hmm. and I'm assuming that the the peeps know what a swing is. But for those that might not, like that's the person off stage that covers all the ensemble and, you know, maybe a, a, um, a principal or two. And so I was trying to learn this material, but it was already done. So here we are at New 42. Neil Haskell and I walk in. <laughs> Ian Weinberger teaches me the music. Now we're like besties. He's a dream. Yeah. Because um, he saw my eyes go wide and be like, this is so much music. Yeah. Did you hear about something happening at the public? Yeah, I went to see it. I mean, okay, wait, here's the funny story. So yeah, the yeah. very beginning of my Hamilton story, yes. way back in the day when I was a young babe, <laughs> um, I went to the public. I was like, oh, a lot of my friends are in this thing called Hamilton and it's the creative team of In the Heights. Like they can't have done it again. I want to see what they did. <laughs> totally. That's literally what I thought. Yeah. And I didn't really know what it was about, obviously, other than Founding Fathers. And right. so I played the lottery. It was Easter weekend, and I decided that that was a good weekend, thinking people were out of town. Mixed, because I think a lot of people travel here, too. So. Right. Um, so it was hard. So we went Friday. I went one Saturday, and then our two shows on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I went down there, and I got one ticket. And through the lottery? Through the lottery. You won the Hamilton lottery. I won lottery the Hamilton so lottery ways. at the public. There were so many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were so many people there. And I, at that time, we ha I was like texting all my friends. Stephanie Clemens. I texted Seth. I texted so many people to be like, will you put a name in? Because I just want to see this show. Because you can't get a ticket. And I won my own name. <laughs> and uh, I got to see the show that night. And it was stellar. And I think... You know, Seth brought me, but someone brought me backstage and I met some of the people that I didn't know. And I, I don't even think I knew what I saw. I just knew that I had favorite moments, but I was sitting front row center. So Lynn on like all of his raps and everything, 
he like found me and then all of the raps were then to me which was kind of hilarious <laughs> and such an interesting unique experience yeah um and i remember watching leslie in those final moments and just being like he is sensational yeah um and i was just watching the turntable and the circular motion of every transition and it just was amazing. So I, I talked to Stephanie afterwards and she said, you know, we're having auditions when we move uptown. You should really come in. I mean, how many times have we heard that as for those of us that are artists, like come in for this project. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, sure. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, great. Right. No worries. Yeah. A week later, I got the appointment. I was like, okay, yeah. great. I guess the, I'm going in for in this. In the real world, it's the equivalent of like, we have to get lunch soon. Yeah, yeah. We have to get lunch <laughs> and talk about this job opportunity. Yeah, we have to hang out. Great. Never, it's no, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's like, whatever. Yeah. Great, sure. Let's it's get a drink at happy say, hour. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah, which is what like, I thought it was. Totally. Lucky. Not to say Steph Clemens it would, no, would no, bullshit you. No. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. Um, I just didn't know it could have been like a thing that fell through the cracks and like six months later still there's no audition you know like I was like whatever so anyway so this audition comes and um I go down to this is irrelevant but it makes me happy that I go down to South Carolina to see my niece born and I have four nieces and nephews she's the last of them and I missed all three of them I was either too early or I whatever too late something like that and this I went down for three days in between Easter bonnet for BCFA <laughs> and this audition callback. And she was born right in the middle, which was a great wow. song. Yeah. And then I came back to, um, to the audition and we danced our hearts out. And then, uh, on, I went and got a margarita. Cause I was like, that was a lot of dancing. I yeah. deserve a margarita. <laughs> and then I got home. And as I was walking home from the train, my agent called and he was like, they gave you the swing track. And originally they had actually talked to me about vacation swinging because I had like four other, you know, projects kind of on the line and a couple of them were out of town and one was the prom lab. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I either need to know that I'm going to do this show or I'm going to go do these other things. Like great. Either way is totally fine. Yeah. And they're like, well, maybe you can vacation swing. And I didn't really know what that meant. And to me, that means like, we're kind of putting you on hold, you know, like you come in for a rehearsal process and then maybe we'll need you. Maybe we don't. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm really gunning for this swing track. Um, I'd like to be in the original Broadway cast and I want to be an actual cast member. I don't want to be a vacation swing that comes in and out of the cast. Um, anyway, so I really had to gun for this, this role. You said to your agent, like go for the swing. Like, I don't want the vacation swing. I said sure to the vacation swing, like maybe, but I wanted them to see me as a swing too. And so they allowed that. And I went in and I remember speaking of, you know, we were talking about Alex coming into this podcast before. Yeah. He is very, um, his standards are very high in an amazing, brilliant way. And so all you want to do is your best for him. Yeah. And so I had a bunch of vocal um, trainings before. And I said, I want to sing my highest note that I possibly can well. And I want to do it in this audition so that Alex doesn't bring me to the piano. Because he's notorious. Like, you do your your audition song. Uh-huh. And then he's like, I want to hear you belt. Like, I want to hear your range. And so I was just nervous because nobody does well at a piano. Like nobody is like vocalizing in front of Alex Lockmore and singing their highest note well. It just doesn't happen. I've been behind the table in the auditions where he's done it. And I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. (laughs) Um, You know, people are like full cold sweats. And so I did that and I rapped. Oh my gosh, I rapped. Oh, I haven't talked about this in a long time. So I brought in a tape. Yeah. And what did you belt? Like what was the, what was the the song Uh, that you did? uh, Can't Buy Your Love. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't buy your love 
even wanna try Sometimes the truth won't make you happy So I'm not gonna lie But don't ever question if my heart beats only for you It beats only for you And then I rapped um, Crash Your Party Sitting on top of the world, you got the best view Living life with the cheap sheet, nobody test you, huh? Your mind is a mess, heart is a chess piece Moving down the board, now I'm taking down the king of the castle While I'm on top of the speed, I dazzle I have the devil couldn't sleep, I'd razzle up Never that beef, now we got the tweak out Now you better peace out, cause I got a full house Yeah, baby, four of a kind There's no room in my life for an ego your size And I brought a tape because there's no sheet music. And I was like, you guys, I have it on my phone. Like, if you want to play it through an aux cord, uh-huh. I'll rap. Because they said rap or pop song. And I was like, I mean, fuck it. I'm going to rap. Yeah. So I brought it in, played it the first time around, messed up all the lyrics. And I was like, guys, I'm going again. Walked in the circle and I was like, "Go hit it. Did it again, nailed it. And then Alex was like, I'd still love you to, he- to hear you sing with the piano. I was like, great. Did... um can't buy my love and can't buy your love and um yeah then he was like great thanks so much didn't go didn't to the, the fucking piano yes yeah I felt this really story's so badass that you were like okay like vacations like that's cute but i'm i'm i want the swing and starting over because you're told like the, one of the worst things you can do is in an in an audition is request to start over like that's what people have oh, no, been told right but i think it's actually great i do too like because you're I like you know what that wasn't my vibe let's go back Yeah, like that you know yourself well enough to be like mm, i think i would just want you to again i also just knew the room and i oh i asked this is a good reference to tommy gale <laughs> um i asked him i said all right so i have this rap but it's not sheet music and it's like on a tape or i have this and i got halfway through the sentence he's like well we're definitely hearing the rap yeah and i was like okay got me like here we go yeah um so anyway I did the first national tour of In the Heights, right. and so um, I knew the entire creative team, which was was great, yeah. and um, loved that experience. And Lynn came out to tour a lot. He came out to LA. He came out to Puerto Rico. Yeah. So I had danced with him on stage, and I just knew him from that experience. Yeah. And so it was really fun because I don't think he knew I was there. And then you know, at the public, he's just you know, it was just fun. Yeah. It's like the top of satisfied, like the ladies transition and all that right. stuff. You know, it just was fun to have that interaction. Yeah. Um. And it was really cool. It was cool to get the outside perspective first before being in it. Because I think all of the original, other original cast members were in it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So they have seen it because they've been swung out at this point, you know, all that stuff. But during the public, they didn't know what it was. They were just giving their all and they didn't necessarily know what the product was or what I was seeing. And so for me to have that outside perspective and then jump into the deep end was really cool because um, I was starting to understand the pictures that I was fulfilling uh, already I you know I, it wasn't like I needed a mirror or whatever I was like okay this is this part in the show got it this is the picture this is a story we're telling in this part of your town that we're all soldiers and you know they look badass and I want to look badass when I go yeah, on yeah. and um so yeah so I so I came I joined uptown and then um and then we kind of went I mean we had like two or two weeks of rehearsal it was 
hilarious it was a joke neil was like so chill he was like yeah yeah this is gonna be fine it's gonna be great and then like a week and a half in he came and he's like i think i have a stomach ulcer i was like 100 i was waiting for you to freak out because i'm freaking out yeah so what were some of those because you said that you remember that there were like some famous some favorite moments that you had at the public so what were some of those and then what was it like to just like be doing them on broadway well all of my favorite moments in an andy blankenbuehler show are what the men have been choreographed to do because uh-huh. I feel like I dress like a man. It, in my prior life, I was definitely a guy. <laughs> um, so when the Man 3, Man 4 track, which was Seth and Ephraim originally, mm-hmm. so Leslie Burr shoots Hamilton and he's being taken away on the turntable, yeah. essentially, and he's saying, They roll him back across the Hudson. these two boys slide to his feet and they become the Roman um, with these oars in this imaginary boat and the turntables taking them and it looks like they're rowing. Yeah, I have full body chills. I remember just being like, (gasps) I audibly inhaled. I I feel like everyone heard me. I was like, (gasps) and I just thought it was the most beautiful moment of imagery, of use of movement, of use of set. Mm -hmm. Um, Leslie was his stillness was almost more powerful than his words. And I think that says a lot for an actor. Um, So that was definitely, I think one of my favorite moments. I had no idea what was happening in helpless satisfied in terms of not because they didn't do a good job at explaining (laughs) it. I just was like, Oh, how are, how is everyone doing this? Uh There's like a turntable, there's lifts happening. Like there's storyline being told there's time passage. Now we're going in reverse. Like I was like, how, did they achieve this? That's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, what kind of disc did they put down in the studio, in the pre-pro studio? You right. know what I mean? And like later to find out, it's like one of those um, life pieces, you know, um, the the game life, like yeah. the board game life. They yeah. took like that little like spinny thing and they put it down as one of the turntables and then they would like put little pieces on it to like try and what? turn it and then reverse it and be like, okay, that character, that track needs to be, you know, in wing one at this time and and that's how they would explain it? That's how they would, like, first, at first, would explain it. What? Yeah, and they didn't rehearse with a turntable. The the off-Broadway cast and the original Broadway cast did not rehearse with a turntable. Neither did the swings. So my first time on the turntable doing the whole show was the first time I did the whole show. Which Wait, was what? Hilarious. Yeah. I, d- I went on for her. Wait a second. I went on for Ari, and I was th- The Bullet, which uh-huh. is, like, one of the most in- intense tracks in that there's a lot of little bits that you have to be yeah. around for particularly your the bullet Mm -hmm. no pressure Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i was late it goes like the sound effect goes and i was like step step bullet (laughs) (laughs) so i felt like i ruined the show but anyway so and then every other cast has since um, rehearsed with a turntable because it's kind of necessary but yeah so they had to have it explained to them like what is this thing we're about to do and like what am i stepping on and it's just crazy. It's it's a nutty experience. Like I just can't imagine what that feeling is of I'm on in Hamilton. I love the show. I get to do all this badass stuff, but also, oh my god, there's a turntable and also I'm the bullet and also like I mean, how do you Yeah, it's like mad stress. Yeah. I mean, we were debating if she was gonna be um out just for an injury um the night before and then at the end of the show they were like, We'll let you know tomorrow morning. I was like, Okay, as a matinee. <laughs> All right. 
and they let me know and I was on and it just so happened that the first two tracks that I was on Stephanie Clemens who was the original dance captain and the associate choreographer but the original dance captain so responsible for putting people into the show had personal days both of the times that I was supposed to go on so she came in for my brief put in my like 40 minute put in to run me through the things and then didn't even see me do the show because she had to go, she I think she had to go to a wedding. And so Voltaire was then noting me. And at that time, barely knew the women tracks because we were, you know, a couple weeks into previews. Yeah. So anyway, it was um, stressful. And I had kind of learned their tracks from watching, but also from the video. We had an archival video. Yeah. And they were rehearsing understudies and they were partly rehearsing us. But there was just not a lot of time, to be honest. And so... I learned it from a video. And so I just was like doing my best impression of all those women. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, so what was it like just being in the middle of that? Because, you know, my the listeners know my sign in book is the the Hamilton, like the famous yeah. Hamilton. And you were saying that you haven't really sat down and, and looked through it. But I said, yeah, but you lived it, really. So what was it like for you to deal or exist in Hamilmania? Honestly, looking back on it, it was is the one of the craziest experiences in that I had the most highs and I also had the most lows, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. In terms of it's very demanding. So it took a large toll like on my personal life and my balance of what I need to stay sane and happy and the exercise I need and all those things. Um and it's hard to be a swing. You know, it's it's a really honorable position, but it's hard because you're not exercising all the time. You're constantly criticized because you're not on all the time. You know, you're you're not that person. And so it, it was very difficult at some times. But then there are moments that I look back and I'm like, there are life-changing moments. Getting to meet President Obama, getting to meet his family, you know, going to this. We talk about this. I mean, everyone that was in, I think, basically the original broadcast went to this Prince party that he threw. <laughs> um, has anyone told you about this? No, I need I need to hear every oh, yeah, single yeah. Oh, second I have the all the details. Honestly, I have blackmail on every single original broadcast <laughs> member from this party and y'all know what i'm talking about oh my that that's a good party anyway not so, like a prince party would be a bad party right, i'm just right. saying if you if you leave oh, with blackmail was, material that's what i have blackmail material renee lee scoldsbury was like on a couch going for dancing her life away yes. and i will ha- forever have that imprinted <laughs> in my mind perfect in a great way perfect so prince was in town for one of his shows like I don't know if it was Madison Square Gardens or you know somewhere close in proximity to New York and he sent an invitation to the Hamilton cast via who knows where who knows who um and we got it about election of 1800 which for anyone that's listened is essentially the end of the show I'm not on I'm a swing I have lululemon leggings on and a leather jacket and like luckily I have this fedora on but that's what I like came into the show wearing because I came from rehearsal and I assumed that I was going home that night because like didn't have plans he election of 1800 the invitation like come to this party right now yeah basically <laughs> like come to this party after your show election of 1800 so like in 30 minutes I was like an election of 1800 it might have been like quite a time but election of 1800 is when the swings can leave so I was like ready to go and people were like, are you going to come to this party? And I was like, I have a date with my like then boyfriend. Like I can't really. And we were so busy. I was like, I need to go home to this date. Yeah. Like, this is important. And you were time. just talking about your balance and yeah, yeah. That, that's like, a perfect oh, example. Oh, it's a perfect right? example. Yeah. It's a perfect example of a high and a low. Yeah. I'll explain for the sure, aftermath later. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So 
so I'm like, okay, I mean, I can't really go to this party. I'm not even dressed for it. It was like the color purple, us, like, I, I don't remember who the other cast were. And we go to this tiny, tiny bar downtown. I call my boyfriend. I'm like, Prince invited us to this party. And he's like, you get invited invited to a party every day. Right. Like, there's something new every day. Do you have to go to this party? And I'm like, it's it's a prince. Yeah. And he's like, I may or like I may perform Prince. So we're like, okay, I'm gonna I go. Mean- <laughs> I'm like, do you wanna come? He's like, no. I'm like, well, okay, bye. So I go down there, we like all take cabs down there. We all go. There's bottle service. We're like, okay, going in. I mean, oh we're God. going in until like we get out of the show at what, eleven? We don't get down there until like eleven forty five. So it's now like one thirty in the morning. All of us are like, okay, what's happening? Where is Prince? It's dark, like, you know, whatever. Two o'clock, maybe two thirty rolls around and he's like, he comes there's a balcony, a little <laughs> mini balcony. He shows up on the balcony and there's this dope DJ that's been DJing from San Francisco. She's like giving you Michael and James Brown and Perfect. Prince and all the things you want. Yeah. And he shows up on this balcony and he's like, Turn the lights off. <gasps> and we're all like, What? And and they turn them down and then he's like, No, I mean turn them off. We're like, Okay. So we like they turn more off. And then he goes to town and gives us this like hour long concert, maybe 45 minutes of like all his greatest hits. He's like making up stuff on the spot. There's a piano up there we didn't know about. All of us are on the lower level, like living our best dreams. Oh my God. It was just, it was the party of a lifetime, truly. And we all went home at like four or 5 a.m. Sure. And the gag is, (laughs) that was, I believe, a Saturday night and we all had a matinee the next day. And it's like one of those things like the night before or after the Tonys, like you're not allowed to call out. It's just like a thing. Like you can't, you can't do it because you partied too hard at the Tonys. Like you come in the next day, Every, yeah, right? Yeah, there's no excuse in the world that. Right, yeah. exactly. And so that was like the thing. Everybody came in and it was, let's just say it was an interesting show. Like it was an interesting matinee. Not sure if anyone saw that matinee, but everyone was in. Yeah. There was nobody that called out, including the swings. We were all just there like dead people. Yeah. But it was worth it. I mean, a prince party? It was Slash performance? Yeah. Yeah, all in one. And that's actually one of the last concerts that he gave. He came to see the show. I want to say like the next couple days, within the next couple days, he came and like maybe three weeks later he passed. Yeah. I was going to ask, was it before or after he saw the show? I believe it was just before, if my memory serves me correctly. But what? And was it just like Broadway cast or was it just a party he threw for like print, like prince's friends like, no it was like broadway casts he just was in new york and he was like that's amazing essentially like the diverse casts he was just like let's do it like let's just throw a party and apparently he's notorious for that like private things that he just wants to th- throw because he wants to throw them yeah famous people listening take notes right do this do yeah, this yeah, more yeah, do this celebrate broadway casts a little bit more please have private parties and i'll performances be there for them. <laughs> see you there see you till there. four in the morning <laughs> just maybe perform at like one instead of 2 30 in the yeah morning. maybe if there's a matinee just take that it into was consideration. so crazy maybe a sunday night show <laughs> right 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 that you guys are if i can make a request <laughs> thanks so much beyonce yes beyonce anyway. totally <clears throat> yeah she's like a dear evan hansen fan and a hamilton fan she loves broadway yeah totally Come on. Let's do it. I've never seen her in concert. I want to see it so bad. She's totally one a listener day. too, I'm sure. Beyonce, if you're out there. Thanks, Beyonce. <laughs> come. First of all, come hang and also have a badass performance yeah. and party for Hamilton people. Please, I'll come. Just invited myself. Um, that's amazing. And you left with blackmail with Renee. Oh, Spoon, but, which honestly, really is, like, so much blackmail. I mean, that wasn't really blackmail, but like there are just like the people that know what I'm talking about yeah. know what I'm talking I'm about. And ask. there are like, no, there just like are so many moments like, 
me included in these like Lululemon pants. Like, what did I think I was doing? Honestly, thank God I had that fedora because I, I could have not. You can't show up to a prince party in Lululemon leggings. Like, you just can't. It's just not right. Like, you need to be at least a little funky or <laughs> something. Yeah. Like, you're going to a club downtown. Mm-hmm. I just felt crazy. Yeah. And honestly, the fedora I was like, all right, I could get by. The saved you. Yeah, well, I turned the on, the lights turned off. <laughs> I know. At, at that point, and then it didn't. At that point, it didn't matter. Yeah, nobody was seeing clearly. Anyway. And it was so like, I guess just living in that. Like you guys have to, because especially I love talking to swing so much because I just think it's such a superhero thing to do mentally, physically, like to have all of all of those tracks in your mind. But like, you have to blow off steam somehow. And you guys are living in this crazy Hamilton bubble. And in what universe, in your wildest dreams, would you ever think that in the middle of a show, right, you get an invitation from Prince where it's like, come to my party this minute. Yeah. Not like, tomorrow. Not in, like, but that's kind of how right it was. Now. Honestly, it was like, there's a party all the time. Like there's someone's going away. Someone's birthday. Someone is inviting you to something. Mm-hmm. And um, it was amazing because the experience that I, experiences that I got um I will take with me forever sure and there is no Broadway show that has given its actors this these kinds of opportunities yeah in terms of jobs in terms of networking in terms of you know casting director come see the show or you know person that I'm pitching my own tv show to you know whatever I mean look at David you know what I mean right it's and things happened for people Mm -hmm. this was definitely a gateway drug for a lot of people into success yeah um and I think for me too it it gave me a lot of confidence and it said to me like you're allowed to it gave me permission like you deserve to do this job you're allowed to do this job you do know this information and you have the right to share it with people and um maybe art can make a little bit of a difference and it gave me it said yes to me in so many different ways and I will you know appreciate that till the day I die truly yeah was that something that you were having trouble with saying yes to yourself or giving yourself permission um I think I was you know you are um what you say you are which mm-hmm. is seems so obvious like and silly it feels like it should just be written on a card like you know what I mean like a hallmark card and you're like yeah yeah totally yeah it's so um, easier said than done yeah, it's, it's, like it's harder to practice in that um I have this passion for directing Tommy knows this mm-hmm. great story about Tommy I love that guy. Yeah. He's love great. your work, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Um, he gave books to everyone for opening night. And so prior to opening night, he's like asking these people, you know, people are coming to the dressing room like, did Tommy ask you like what shows you watch and like what you like to do? I was like, no. Weird. I kind of felt left out. Totally. People were kind of like for two weeks like, weird. Tommy just asked me like what I do in my life. Like what a weird <laughs> moment. Like, I watch friends. Like, I don't know. You yeah. know. Okay, great. And I was like, weird, he didn't ask me anything. All right, well, whatever. Cut to it's opening night. Within, you know, the couple days after I open this, I'm like, ah, classic. And he gave me a book on directing. (laughs) And in it, he wrote our cards on little library cards. He got each one of us library cards. And he wrote um, in mine, like, this is my favorite book on directing. And like, I hope you get something out of it. I know that this is like just the beginning for you. And I was 
like, oh my God, that's so thoughtful. <sighs> I can't believe that. What's the name of the book um, for all the directors out there listening? A Sense of Direction. Some Observations on the Art of Directing. Cool. All right. What a thoughtful, and like, I love the, que- I just love Tommy, but even the question he asked to get to the bottom of like, what would be a good book for people? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't even know what he was asking people, but he asked me nothing, which was amazing. I actually loved that at the end because totally. I was like, he knew already knew. what to get me. Yours was probably first one checked off. Oh, yeah. I know. What I'm and we had talked about that a lot in In the Heights. I said, you know, I really want to direct, but I don't really know. And I mean, I was young. I was 21. then and he was so encouraging he was like you can do it like i i see you i clock you you can do it and every time he came he's like how's how's directing going like how's that passion going um and that's so tommy he's like very intuitive and and listens a lot and takes note of people's passions and and their isms and things like that but it was just so meaningful that he gave that to me um and i have since read it and uh it's like a bible it's like more spiritual even than oh i love that the actual art of directing and what you should and shouldn't do. And it's a lot about questioning actors and getting the best out of them by constantly throwing the ball in their court and allowing them to um, create and marinate and all those things. Um, And it's kind of old school. There are some things that are like the director never does this, you know, Uh, but it's, it's really interesting anyway. So that's my little like story about Tommy Kale. I want to talk to you about Bandstand, but we ha- and Moulin Rouge. But now that we're talking about directing, oh yeah, yeah, we have to talk about your documentary. Sure, Congratulations, yeah. you got Thank into you. the the it's the Napa Film Festival? Napa Valley Film Festival. Yeah, tell the people about the documentary and what it's all about. I'm tell so excited about it. Tell the people. Shout it to the rooftops. Okay, here's here's my little story about this documentary. So I was yes. like, okay, I want to be a I want to be a director. Um, Oh, so what I was saying before is like, you are what you say you are, right? Right, right? And so I never had the confidence to say, I am a director, because in my mind, if you're a director, you are already professionally doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's hard because there's in our industry, there are people that are saying, you know, I am an actor, I am a painter, I am whatever, and they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And so you you don't really know the line of, building up your confidence and saying, I am a director, therefore believe that I am and hire me as such. That's one way to go. Or there's a way to go saying it and never, never following through. Right. So I didn't want to be that person. And I was scared and I was in bandstand and the Smithsonian called, um, the Eliza project or are called Graham Wyndham and wanted and something for their archives an an article of clothing a picture an item to put in their exhibition about giving in america and arts essentially in in america and how that relates to philanthropy Mm -hmm. so i was like i mean i guess i could give them a t-shirt or like a picture i don't really know what should i do and i asked my then dance partner ryan vandenboom like so i don't know they want me to give something i don't really know what to do He's like, the Smithsonian called? That's pretty cool. And he's like, well, you're a director. Why don't you give him a film? I was like, hilarious. I don't really think I can do that yet, especially for the Smithsonian. Like, I can't just fake my way into a film for the Smithsonian. And he's like, yeah, yeah, do like a, do like a film about it. I was like, hilarious. So I'm on this conference call with the Smithsonian Grant and Graham Wyndham, and I'm like pitching this documentary i'm like we could do like a half an hour a 10 minute documentary about blah, 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 about the eliza project and for those that may not know the eliza project is um 
a an organization that we started through Graham Wyndham, which is the orphanage Eliza Hamilton started. And we use Hamilton artists that are in the current cast or past casts, and they do workshops, artistic workshops with the students at Graham Wyndham to open their minds and further educate them on using art as an outlet for their emotions, their traumas, whatever they've been through. Mm-hmm. So I did this 10 minute document. I'm pitching this 10 minute documentary and Graham Wyndham says, yes, how much money do you need? <gasps> I'm like, um, uh, I don't know how to budget anything. Like, so what did, what did you have in mind though when you were pitching it? I don't you, know. Because you went from your know. friend being like, that's hilarious, dude. And then being on the phone with Graham Wyndham and just being like, just. Well, I was like, maybe I can like throw something together. I'm not really sure. But like, maybe if I say it, I'm starting to be now in this new way of maybe if I just say it out loud, someone sure. will believe me. So I have a passion for directing like, what if we do a documentary? And they're like, great. Now I'm like, and now they're shit. throwing money. Now at what you. do I do? And they're like, how much money do you need? I'm like, I don't know. I've never budgeted anything. Yeah. I have no idea. Right. So I call my friend. Her name's Monica Raymond. She is, was in Chicago Fire, and she is a great actress and has a lot of directing connections. I'm like, help me. Do you know anyone that does doc- documentary? Like, I don't know what to say to these people. She gives me the name of this guy, Mark Perez, who does reality TV, but has also done documentaries we get on the phone he's like this is how much this is going to cost you know how many days do you want to film blah blah blah. and we have an eliza project coming up so then it was like april uh, may maybe and we had an eliza project coming up the end of july that lexi lawson kind of headed up Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay perfect i can film this eliza project that's coming up and we literally throw it together i mean mark gave gave me all of the resources for um dps and cameramen and then i find this um editor Matt Roden through another friend that I have and it's who it, it just like all these things came together I was throwing it together truly because I had no idea what I was doing yeah and then we filmed and we just filmed hours of stuff hours of the project they did like a baking lesson um, a recording session uh, and a script writing and, and so I, I think a movement uh, and it was really interesting their songwriting was kind of the most interesting in that we got the most out of each kid and they grew the most and so they wrote this song together and a couple of them have verses and um we kind of produced it we went to avatar studios we rented out the space they got to record it they wrote it they recorded it and so now we had this song and all this footage and then i went into editing in october so bandstand closed in september and kind of i mean i'm very sad the bandstand closed early but sort of thank god for this documentary because we spend day and night editing it sure. like there was an october 18th deadline and we needed to make it and that's ve- for those <clears throat> that may not be familiar with deadlines and things deciding to do a f- a 10 minute documentary in like may and then filming it july and august mm-hmm. and planning all that and then editing it by october while you're in a show is like i was gonna say while you're also doing a show on broadway is like very ambitious i didn't know that i also now know you can't do it by yourself i mean i had mark on my side but like you need a team you need somebody i mean i was physically calling leslie and renee and groff and all these people being like will you sign this release you know what i mean please sign this release they're like i'm on set filming a movie i'm like can you have your manager sign the release if you don't sign it like i can't use it and like for footage of yeah exactly of them doing the eliza project and i'm like going back and forth with lynn's lawyers which like scary af like his philanthropy his head of philanthropy sarah was like this is just protocol like don't worry but i'm like shitting my pants because i'm like you get a phone call from a lawyer you're like what yeah like what do i do maybe i did something wrong anyway it was a very long process i don't suggest doing anything by yourself 
um anyway because you think like oh it's a 10 minute documentary and it's about i was in hamilton i have all my friends are going to be in it i'm going to ask yeah yeah people talk about eliza and it's for a good cause and graham Wyndham has my back and then you're like oh i need i don't know how to budget i need an editor like it all hits you like a ton of bricks exactly at once yeah yeah so we did it and we edited it and we got it to them we screened it no last november mm-hmm. around this time actually uh, at their their sort of media day for their exhibit and yeah it was pretty insane like i had a lot of press interviews there i, I traveled to dc washington dc to do that wow and then we started submitting and you know it's funny like I just didn't really take it necessarily seriously. I was just like, I mean, I took it seriously in that I wanted it to be really good, but it was a perfect storm for me to explore my passion for directing, but not have the stakes be too high. And that I never thought that I would submit to a film festival. I was like, this is just for the Smithsonian. It is what it is. And people were like, you should just submit to. Well, think about what sure, you like. Right. But how yeah. bad, like, how cool is that? It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's great. It's, I, I don't, understand really how all of it came to be but that's what I mean that like Hamilton gave me permission yeah with Hamilton at my side I could say from this platform I'm gonna jump and do something else and people are gonna believe that I can do it because I've already done this other thing with these great people and these great creators and having Lynn be like yeah I sign off on it great you know and like I had to go through Jeffrey and and Lynn to get the rights to we play um who tells your story at the end for the credits and like I had to get approval for that which I did they gave it to me like but it's just those things that you're like "Ooh, you were my friend in this show and now it's weird because I have to ask you for permission for something And there's like paperwork yeah there's paperwork it's official so anyway um I never thought that I would submit to a film festival and then I did and now I get to go and it's amazing because the the film festival, she called me, this woman (laughs) from Napa Valley and she's like, hi, I want to talk about putting your um, documentary in our program. It's like program. Does that mean like a separate program or like, what do you mean? And she's (laughs) like, it's in the arts inspiring action initiative block. I'm like, okay, what's a block? don't know these things yet (laughs) and she's like it's a series of short documentaries about um how arts is essentially inspiring action i was like oh cool so does this mean that i got into the film festival or like and she's like yes and i'm like on the street we were i was doing moulin rouge like on the street i'm like oh my god freaking out um and she's like but you have to wait for you know approval or you know official acceptance the whole thing okay so she was basically saying, like, are you cool with being accepted with this before we move forward? And make right. It are official? you cool with being in this particular block? Yeah. I'm like, Great. Yes. yes. And then she asks me about um, how we get their audience to participate in the Eliza Project, whatever, you know, fund or organization th- that my documentary shines a light on. Um, how do we get the audience members to participate in that? And she's like, sky's the limit. So we're like brainstorming all these ideas. And now we're in talks with them about using their social media and trying to do, you know, a competition for individuals, Eliza projects, essentially. Like, how are you going to further your own legacy? Share it with us on social media. You know, you'll maybe like win tickets to Hamilton or something like that. Uh So we're kind of deciding what that interaction is going to be. Um, Oh, I can't wait to share it. That's going to be so So great. It's going to be really cool. And then we'll probably decide by the end of the year who those people are. And and we'll have all the, you know, rules and all that stuff kind of mapped out. But where can we watch it if we're not going to the Napa film? (laughs) Um, I will probably likely be releasing it on the Graham Wyndham 
um, website, mm-hmm. uh, elizastory.org is currently their website about Eliza Hamilton and they're, um, they're editing it and sort of revising it to include the Eliza project right. as a separate entity on their website. So I'll likely be releasing it there. It'll go into the Smithsonian archives soon. Uh, and then I'll probably release it on, on like my own website and social media. Yeah. Essentially. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank like, you. I love, I'm, I'm very similar in that sense where it's like diving in to the deep end and treading water and figuring it out. Yeah, you did it. Just, and here you are. Yeah. But here, like, I just love those stories of like, it happens more often than people think and I think people are like well I could never do that yeah well I was just so I was just brought up to be such like I was like such a type a personality and such a like you know valedictorian and I liked getting the a's and like doing the things and like anyone who's listening that's my friend is laughing at me right now (laughs) but I was just so scared to fail that it was um I was frozen yeah I was scared and it inhibited me from moving forward and so someone very close to me saying well, you've told me that you want to do it. So why don't you just do it? People like Tommy mm-hmm. saying, well, yeah, you should do it. And Graham Wyndham, which is such an establishment saying, we believe in you and we'll put our money in you yeah. because we think you can. That's essentially what the Eliza project is. And so in the spirit of that, I said, well, I don't have a choice. I just have to go for this. Right. So. What is it about Eliza that you're so drawn to? Pippa, Phil Basu made that connection for me. We, you know, we went to dinner with Graham Wyndham and she, she, uh, Philippa was like, you know, I want to do something with Grand Wyndham and I want to give back, but I don't know what it is. And so I joined her in this dinner with a couple other ladies from Grand Wyndham and we decided on the Eliza project essentially. And Eliza Hamilton is a rock. Talk about saying I can and I will. She is someone that defined herself. She allowed no one to define her, even Alexander Hamilton, Mm -hmm. though she stayed by his side through... Uh, you know, adultery and all these things, she was ultimately about the legacy and ultimately about the work that was being done and betterment of the world. And I think that says a lot. She took a lot of personal sacrifice to make the world a better place and to put education and family and thing cornerstones of our communities that I think nowadays we take for granted. She was trying to solidify so that our you know, civilization thrives and particularly those that don't have the leaders, AKA orphans or Mm -hmm. people in the foster system. She wanted to make a place for them and have a path for them to succeed. And she has, you know, and now they have these programs where they take the students from whenever they get into, into the Grand Wyndham system all the way through 25. So most foster systems stop at age 18 because you're legal And they believe that that's incorrect because people need guidance through deciding what career path to go on or the temptations of being a young adult. They need some guidance in that area. And so now Grand Wyndham has a program to do that. And, you know, we remember Alexander Hamilton, of course. And now through the show, Hamilton, we know what Eliza did and her legacy. And I think it was just as important as... Alexander's, I think, in in just like a little bit of a different way. You guys, I really, really loved hanging out with Morgan Marcel. Not only is she fun to hang with, but she's warm and inspiring. And you guys, she has stories for days. And guess what? She's back next week. We'll be talking Bandstand and Moulin Rouge and the Fosse Verdon Project. 
that ham for ham where all the ladies of the cast did my shot and Morgan was Hamilton. Yeah, we totally get into it. And Morgan talks about her experience being at the White House, singing for the Obamas, that C-Jack won last time, the whole thing, we get into it. I know I got emotional talking about it, but don't worry, we, we ended on a high note. And speaking of, I just want to say I'm so excited for Morgan and I don't know if it feels weird to say I'm proud of her. I don't know. I think she's an inspiration and just so cool. But her, I want to tell you a little bit more about her Eliza documentary while I'm here. Just some information if you want to check out more of it before we do like the big social media wrap up at the end of next week's episode. So go to elizastory.org and that's where you can explore more about Graham Wyndham and the Eliza Project and everything that Morgan was talking about that's going on there. And I also want to direct you to morganmarcel.com because right on the homepage of her website is the trailer for Sharing Our Stories, The Eliza Project, her 10-minute documentary. I'm so excited to watch it. It's going to be great. But, you know, everyone you know and love is in the trailer and it's going to get you really, really psyched to watch the finished product, which just happens to be Morgan's directorial debut. I'm so excited. And lastly, no spoilers, but I have it on very good authority that this holiday season, my listeners and friends of listeners and family members of listeners are going to get that. Eliza book I was telling you about when Soleil Pfeiffer and Ryan Vasquez were on. Yes, I'm getting emails and direct messages all about it. And since this was such an Eliza heavy episode, I'm just going to tell you guys about it one more time. So it's called Eliza, the story of Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton. It's by Margaret McNamara. It's illustrated by Esme Shapiro and none other than Philippa Sue wrote the afterword. So that's it. I just want to shout that book out one more time since we're all about Eliza these days and I'm loving it and I love that you love it. Thank you, as always, so, so much for listening. Keep those emails coming. Keep those beautiful handwritten letters coming. You guys, oh my God. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thanks again for listening. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. I'm G.Pen. is brought to you by my love of the thing, TM, and my complete lack of chill. Please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lackamore for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never, ever get over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests, get tons of behind-the-scenes access, and join the best, kindest, and most welcoming corner of the internet, go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag Team No Chill. I'm at The Hamilcast on all social media, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike, you know Mike, and can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of Theater People and Broadway Backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution! revolution.